No, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. Yes, clap for the heavyweight champ. Me, but I couldn't do it all alone. We What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed podcast. Cheers. Hey, guys, so before we start today's episode, I would love to introduce you guys to our wonderful sponsors, The Vein and Associate. They're a luxurious concierge company located in Boston, Massachusetts. So if you live in the city and you're looking for a concierge company for your apartment, then go pay them a visit at devaneandassociates.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed podcast, the show where we celebrate young entrepreneurs on their achievements. And then we teach up and coming entrepreneurs how to make profit using their passion. And as usual, I'm your host, Lucky the Most. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys, episode 87. I have a special guest in the building with me here today. But before I introduce our special guest, guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want you to rate it, share it with your friends, and also, you know, listen to it. Follow us. That will help us grow and reach out to more audience. So with that said, guys, thank you for tuning in on today's episode. I have a special guest in the building. Today we're going to talk about bodybuilding today we're going to talk about you know how to grow in the fitness world like you know how to our guest today is a an mpc bodybuilder he's been sponsored by the animal brand he works with nutritional companies like he's making it happen and we are here to learn from him how can we also better ourselves how can those of us that are interested in bodybuilding you know get tips from him and also better our our careers hopefully maybe we'll get sponsored by animal you never know you know but but like they say you know success leave clues so we're here to get some clues from our friend ladies and gentlemen make some noise for the one and only kai hey thanks so much for having me on hey brother. Uh, it's, a pleasure. it's a pleasure how you doing man doing good doing good you know i'm having, having a nice uh, chill weekend this weekend um busy busy week and uh, so that was just recharging the batteries, getting myself set up for the week, um, doing all the boring stuff, you know, getting my, my, my chores done, my food cooking done, training this morning, um, enjoying this weather. It's not too cold yet. Yeah. Gonna, so it's, um, it's, it's a good day, good day today. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What's a busy week for you? Like, you know, you said a busy week, like, you know, tell me how many workouts do you get a week or like, you know, what do you do? Yeah. So um, I try to train like four or five days a week, um, kind of two or three days in a row and then a rest day. Um, but I just started a new job about two weeks ago, so I'm still training in that. Um, so I'm still getting trained in, and so just being busy, busy, learning lots of new things. And on top of that, have my my bodybuilding training on top of that. So it was, it was somewhat long days, nothing crazy, um, but pretty long days. Um, so it was nice to to recharge the batteries a little bit of the weekend. Facts, facts. So you know, for our listeners out there, mm-hmm. I want to put you on the spot. Can you describe <laughs> yourself in three words? Describe yourself in three words. You, what you do. I would say, um, what's the word? Um, resourceful. Resourceful. Yeah, resourceful. Um, I, I, if I can figure stuff out, um, I like to try and make things happen. You know, uh, resourceful, and I figure out new ways of making things happen. Or when we think of, um, when we think something's not going to work, or some people might give up. Or I'd be like, oh, it's, it's hopeless. I'm like, oh, let's, let's, let's see what happens. You know, what's the worst? What's the worst that can happen? Let's give it a shot. Um, resourceful, I would say. I would say. I would say hardworking. Um, mm-hmm. That's a that's a word that's been given, been used to describe me by others. It's yeah. something 
I consider myself lazy, but I think hardworking people do. I think there's always more I can be doing. And a lot of people have said to me, um, just for example, one example is, you know, my, my coach in terms of bodybuilding has sometimes had to say to me, like, and recent, recently kind of pull back a little bit. You're training too much. You're, you're um, beating yourself into the ground a little too much. You've got to rest a little bit more, kind of pull me back a little bit. Because I'm always looking for more work to do. Um, word number three. Um, let's see. It's a good question. It's a very deep question. Um, I would say you know, word, 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 word number three, friendly. I, I think I get along with people and make friends quite easy. I can, I can, I can have conversations with new people very easily. Um, that's, that's something, I, again, people have said to me like, okay, you know, you're quite good at making friends whenever I get put into very, very, very many different situations. It doesn't really matter what type of people they might be. It might be someone very different, you know, somebody who's got a very different personality to my own. Yeah. But, you know, we'll find some common ground and I can, I can, I can, I can talk with them, you know. That's Those would be three words I used to describe myself. Okay, so just to make sure I get you right, the first one is resourceful. Resourceful. The second one is hardworking. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is friendly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Where do you think the, all these three words come from? Like how, you know, being resourceful, where do you think it came from? Like, you know, was there a lack of not having things and you're making, you know, use of what you have, you know, hardworking? Where did it come from? Yeah, where I think it was. Where did all this come from? Yeah, so when I went off to college, um, I did get a lot of help from a lot of people. Um, yeah. I did get some government support as well in Ireland. Um, there's You get kind of some money from the government for studying um, if you don't come from a wealthy background. Um, but it wasn't enough to to survive on, for sure. And I would always kind of, I always had side jobs in college. Um, I always kind of fit stuff around my schedule. Um, and so I think that's where the resourcefulness came from and then um, moving to the US I had to kind of think on my feet a lot you know it was a huge transition yeah um, I moved here in 2019 and um, not knowing really anyone here uh, bar my wife and her family um, who's the person I moved to the America I moved to the states to be with um, but it was really just kind of I jumped off the walked off the side of the the, um, the ledge you know just dove into it and just no, no real, I had a rough plan, but nothing crazy, like nothing concrete. Yeah. I had a rough idea of, of um, but I had no work lined up over here, no housing, no, just got on the plane um, and started looking for work and started looking for housing and opportunities. Um, so uh, I would say that's where the resourcefulness kind of, if I didn't, if I wasn't resourceful before that experience, yeah. I was resourceful after it for sure. Even like people that are hardworking, they don't really, they don't care a lot of like a lot about the plan. Mm-hmm. There might be no plan, but they know that hey, I have to make it happen anyway, any means yeah. necessary. Like I just need to be there and I'm gonna find something to do. You get yeah. it, right? So they're not the type that wait for the plan to be complete or wait for a full plan before they move. It's like it doesn't matter. But there could be no plan, but we're gonna survive. <laughs> you get it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you modify the plan as it's happening. As you're doing it, it's like, okay, what's the next step? Then the next step, and you don't even know whether how many steps it's going to take to get the final destination. But I, I truly think you know if you believe you'll get there, and a lot of people I've talked to that are successful in business or other aspects of, of their life, if you just have that kind of belief, it's it's, uh, it's kind of cliche, but I think it's cliche for a reason. Yes, you know, um, you just think about that end goal and just be like, I will get there one day. Um, and, you know, for me with bodybuilding, it, it takes such a long time to develop your physique. It takes such mm. a long time to 
grow muscle and then lose the body fat and so it can be so day after day it can seem such like a daunting task but if you just look at that end result almost and just be like i will get there one day yeah um, i think i think that helps okay so this question here do you think moving from ireland to the united states kind of like helped with your career or you could have made this happen regardless whatever you are like this bodybuilding dream would have happened or when you moved to the united states you were like boom I'm ready for this. Definitely, you know, uh I think bodybuilding is a niche culture anywhere. It's like a niche sub it's like a subculture anywhere you go. Um it's a little bit on the fringes. In Ireland it's not a huge scene. Um yeah. like we don't have a professional presence at all. There is one professional show with a muscle contest Ireland that happens once a year. That's actually an Olympia qualifier. Um that's quite a recent thing. Before that we did not have any kind of professional um presence in Ireland. You'd have to go to the UK or Europe for that. Yeah. Um so I, w- I probably would have had to um leave Ireland anyway to to compete at a at a higher standard than 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 I was in the country but um I'm still very fresh on my bodybuilding career and so kind of almost at the start of it but it's 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 been going really really well um I think in the states it really helps particularly because well, Boston's a bigger city than what yeah. I was living in Ireland there's just more bodybuilders here I've met tons and tons of competitors um and there's just a bit more of a community here and more and more people like supporting each other push each other uh, encouraging each other to to do better and to 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 take the sport as far as we can take it and um, so I've really found that here particularly recently um in Ireland everyone's kind of dotted around and they might be far away and you're you're communicating through social media but here in the Boston area there's like a little family and there's a bunch of us and it's really really cool yeah, yeah. and in particularly with um you know supplement endorsements um and you know help with that yeah you have more yeah that being in the states I've, i've noticed a lot more opportunities um for me to kind of promote brands and uh to grow, to grow with brands you know um there's a lot of opportunities that i've had with the brands i work with like animal for example yeah um, you know they brought me down to their 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 gym in new jersey for a photo shoot yeah uh, that, that was a few, few, few yeah, a couple right? a month six weeks ago um, yeah. a week before east coast cup um So that was fantastic and that would never have been able to happen if I was in one of the side of the world you know they but they did bring me down from Boston down to New Jersey um put me up and and paid for everything there was no expense spared really anything I needed anything I wanted um they because they knew I was a week out from a competition yeah so they really wanted to make sure it wasn't going to impede my look on show day if I'm spending a day or two traveling um and it really was they they, they really asked me like what what is it you need you know and they they brought me down put me up in a hotel um really looked after me so that's an opportunity that I would not have had um had I been back in Ireland so yes so it's to your question yeah uh, being in the states i think has definitely helped um bring my bodybuilding journey a little bit further ahead oh wow wow i jealous you when i saw the pictures of you you know and uh animals uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the gym and i was like fuck how did this shit happen like you know so my question is you know at that moment you had a show coming up and you were in that you know in that environment with you know some great trainers and athletes and all that like what was that feeling for you how did you feel like you know did that increase your drive or were you satisfied from that oh for sure yeah 100% it was like you know animals a brand that i bought a lot in ireland you know that was um, and then when i came to the us i had the opportunity to to work with them as a brand ambassador um and the program's been great i've been i've been really enjoying working with them um and then just for example one of the some of the some of the yeah like you said some very famous bodybuilders have been in that gym and had pictures taken and going through some of the old photos of them 
I see me in a similar pose in the same gym as like someone like like Evan Santopani, for example. Um, there's a picture. There's a there's an old uh, picture of him, like a promotional um, shoot they did, and he's taking a certain supplement out of a locker, and his arms kind of in the forefront of the shot. Well, they, they recreated that shot with me with my arms, and, and that's on the website now. That's on the animal website, and I just thought it was so cool. I was like that, and I, I had to double check, and I looked back, and they got Evan doing the same thing, and I was like, or it might have been Frank or Chris Tuttle. No, I think it was Evan. It was one of the animal athletes. I think it was Evan, and um, I'm doing the same thing. And to me, I was, I was like, that was so cool. I was like, I could, I couldn't believe it. That was, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, um, the experience did definitely give me a lot of drive um, yeah. to do as well as I could in the shows because I, I was thinking, well, wow, because in a way, I think you have to be your your own worst critic. And I think the best bodybuilders are their own worst critic, best at anything. You, you're only a lot of people who are very, very success driven. They they're only seeing their flaws because that's what they need to improve on. You know, they're, they're looking at, they're, they're nitpicking at their flaws or their weaknesses because they're trying to bring those up. Um, so in particular of bodybuilding, I had a good conversation with some of the guys backstage recently. We're all talking about our flaws. And then the the other people that were with are like, holy shit, dude, you look great. Like, you look amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but this could be better. This could be better. And then I'm like, I noticed that the people who are really good at the sport, they're they're always looking at the, the weakest body part to try and bring up because that's what's going to elevate the physique. Um, and so for me, I was like, I'm always, I see myself as so this underdog kind of character. And then to have a company put their faith in me and be like, Hey, we want to promote you. We want to put you on our website. We want to, you, you promote our products. We want to put you in the, the animal clothing and we want to take pictures of you, put them online. I was like, well, wow, it was mind blowing, very inspiring and very motivating. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, you know, I got to do this to the best of my ability. And I guess that's what you're really doing, you know, so kudos to you, man. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, so you were in that gym and you saw those pictures and it reminded you of so many, you know, legends in the past that you can mm-hmm. relate with. I, I think your story kind of sounds like Arnold's story. You get it, right? I mean, yeah, you came from, from Austria? Yeah, Austria, I mean, different places, but kind of like the same, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like I, I, I think... Totally, yeah. <laughs> At least I have an advantage. I already spoke English. You know, he had very little English needed to learn all that. Um, so at least I had that. I had a little bit of a leg up already knowing English. But apart from yeah. that, yeah, yeah. And he, I know, I know for a fact, like, um, he had a bit of a plan. Like when he came over, he was already sponsored. I remember reading his biography. Uh, he was already. It was like the Weeder brothers had brought him over, and they had helped him out with getting housing and that. But yeah. apart from that, I think he didn't really have a major plan. He was plan, just like. Yeah, yeah. He was just, oh, he, he just got the, the offer to come to America. And he was like, okay, let's do it. Um, and I think I, I'm kind of like that. You know, if an opportunity presents itself, I'll just, I'll just take it. But like, oh, let's, let's see, you know, why not? That's just, what's the worst, the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? I know that's a good yeah. question to ask. Like, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I always, I'm always looking to try, like, you know, I'll never say no to an opportunity. Um, even in, say, in, in career wise, I've gone plenty, I've gone on plenty of job interviews um where i don't even i'm not even sure if it's something i want to do but i'll still go on the interview i'll still get a tour of the facility or the, the work site or whatever the job entails just to see what it you know and um i'll never say no to something um yeah. because you don't know there's this things that you don't think are going to be opportunities there's things that you might turn down and be like oh no i'm not interested in that and then you go give it a try and it could be exactly what, you, what you're looking for yeah yeah 
I came across something this week that said no means next opportunity. So mm-hmm. if you say no, so the word N O, yeah, yeah. If you abbreviate it N for next O for opportunity. And if you say no to things, you're missing out on the next opportunity you could have had. Mm-hmm. So like you saying, like you never say no, just kind of like makes sense. Cause I'm like, yeah, because if you say no to things, you never know what you're closing your, you know, the doors you're closing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's always good to like try it out and. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You get right, but always, yeah. So, bodybuilding for you is it a passion? How did it all start for you? Is it something that you're passionate about, or is it something that you find you found yourself doing? Yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a random kind of long story. Sometimes I, I can get into a lot of detail. Tell us, uh, man. <laughs> it's, uh, I was never. People assume I was very athletic as a kid. They're like, "Oh, you must have played football or rugby." Okay. People think rugby because of my size. Yeah, and I was like, no, I was quite a, a, a skinny kid. I was quite slim. I was, and I was never into sport. And then people make the assumption, oh, you must have been bullied because you were skinny, or whatever. And I was like, not really. I, um, I was very comfortable with my body. I was a skinny teenager. Um, I didn't really do any sports. I did a little bit as a kid, but uh, I didn't. I wasn't very active, and um, had no interest in doing sports. My mom was actually kind of encouraging me to try some kind of sport because I was actually, I was very inactive. Yeah. I didn't really do much. I was just kind of lazy, typical teenager playing video games and stuff. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't overweight or anything. I was quite skinny, but then randomly I just picked up some dumbbells one time and I just did some exercise with them. Didn't really know someone showed me like some bicep curls or some yeah. tricep extensions and just showing, it was in the school gym in my high school. And they had a small little weight room, like you're in the most rudimentary weight room you've ever seen. It was a small little room with like a bench press, a couple of dumbbells and a pull-up bar. That was it. Old rusty weights that had been donated by a former student actually, you know, decades ago. Yeah. Um, on the park. And I just did that for a couple of weeks during gym class. And then a few friends of mine were going on to the gym. And uh, the gym they were going to, uh, the warehouse in, in Letterkenny, Ireland, if anyone knows it, that had all these pictures of bodybuilders on the walls. And when I walked in there, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't didn't think anything of it. I was like, that's good for them. If they want to look like that, it's their yeah. body good for them. I have no interest in that. I just want to work out for to get active, to, to get stronger, you know, it's a good exercise. I enjoy it. It was the first exercise I had enjoyed like in years. Um but then as time went on, I started growing bigger and then I was just following I started following the sport a bit more, more out of curiosity than anything. Yeah. And over the years, I just it, my mentality shifted a wee bit. Like, oh, actually, that I might actually try that. I might actually give that a go. And then someone told me um, when I was in college, the gym I was training at in, in Galway, they um, someone said to me, "Hey, you know, there's a show coming up. Um, have you, would you would you, would you want to enter it at the, at the junior level, so the under twenty three? And then I was like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, I, I should, I, I might do that. I might do that. And then I decided to enter the show. Um, and that was my first time competing was 2018. Um, I, my very first season, I actually, I got into it so naively. I thought I did not need a coach. I thought I could just eat clean and clean. then re- reduce the carbs. That's yeah. what I, I gradually reduced reduce the carbs. And, but I didn't realize that you could not have any cheat meals. I was the very first time I prepped and like it was, I didn't have a coach. I think I was having one every like week or two. Which for some athletes that's okay. Some people yeah. with your metabolism that might be okay. For yeah. me, I, I was too fat, and that was really hampering my progress. So I started working with a coach. I'm only about six weeks out. It was like between six and eight weeks out of the very first show, and it was a drastic, like last ditch attempt to get me stage ready because I was holding too much body fat. That was still that's still the hardest prep I've ever done. That six weeks, 
because I had, I had to bloody diet hard and people didn't tell me, people said, hey, you should pull out. Um, you need to just start start fresh next year because it's so late. But I said, oh, I've invested so much time in it. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it. And yeah. um, some, by, by some miracle, like I wasn't completely diced. I wasn't completely peeled. But my coach got me stage presentable and I came third um, in my first show. And then I won at the, at the junior level in Ireland. And then I won the junior uh, class um, at the second show I did, um, my very first season. So the first season was very successful, very happy with it. And that was even after me only dieting. Well, I'd been dieting for longer, but only seriously dieting for like the final six weeks. Yeah. And I was like, all right, next time around, I'm doing it fully under his guidance, um, you know, from start to finish, um, not doing my own prep from the start of it and then having him jump on halfway through. So then my second season, that was 2019. I did three shows that season. Um, it was again, it was really, really good. Um, I came, I won at the junior category in one of them. Uh, I came second in another fourth, which was last place in the final show of that season. There's only four competitors. I, took four, I came fourth in that one. Um, and then took some time away from bodybuilding when I came to the States because it's a very expensive process coming here. Yeah. Um, that was a huge investment. Um, also, I spent a little bit of time without work authorization, um, you know, between between visas, you know, as a non-US citizen, you know, I always need visas and green cards and whatnot. And there might be some times where one's expired and I'm waiting on the new one. So there was different periods where I was waiting and so the funds are quite low. So I couldn't really dedicate myself to bodybuilding, but uh, after all that got got settled in more and got sorted, um, I decided to compete. This, is my, this was my first season here in the States. Um, and I decided to do this show a year ago, um, I actually went to the New England Championships here in Boston yeah. uh, last year. It was in Lynn, the same same location, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I think I should do do a show, get my feet wet. Um, and so the goal was always New England's, but there was a couple of shows around the same time that I wanted to do as well. When you're in shape, and it takes you, you know, twelve to sixteen, sometimes twenty weeks to diet, you know, depending on where you're at, you may as well do a couple of shows. And the, the NPC tends to put a, sh- a few shows together. A lot of them. There's a show this weekend down on Long Island, and there was a show last weekend in uh, New Jersey, and before that, another one. And then the week before that was New England. There's, there's, there's dozens of there's shows like almost yeah. in the fall season. There's like they tend to be kind of clustered in the spring and the fall, um, but they're kind of year round. So there's always shows to do. So I wanted to do a couple. So I did the East Coast Cup, first of all, down in uh, New Haven, uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, and then, and I was. Still a little bit soft at that show. I think I was still not completely. The whole prep was designed around New England, and um, so my my peak was meant to be the Boston show. But a three weeks out, you kind of should be ready to step on stage. I think you're almost there. Yeah. Um, so we did uh, East Coast Cup, really, really good. It was fantastic. Um, I came first in the light heavyweight, um, second in classic physique, class C. Um, so I did bodybuilding and classic physique, and then three weeks later was New England. Um, Became first place in light heavies and first place in classic physique class C as well. Uh, so it was a fantastic inaugural um, season over here in the in the US with the MPC. Um, but as to kind of more why I got into bodybuilding, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. Like some people, uh, yeah, I have no, I have no answer. I don't know why. It's I, I admit that it's such a strange sport. It's such a strange lifestyle. Yeah. It, very different to like what normal people do. Um, and I think maybe on a very subconscious level, that might be why I enjoy it. I think 
I always wanted to do like something different. I always wanted to be different. Like I always wanted to, um, like, and I've, uh, you know, my mom said recently enough that it was very interesting that I got into bodybuilding because once she saw how disciplined you have to be with bodybuilding, she said, as a kid, I liked discipline. I liked um, routine and order and structure a lot. And she, she, when she saw how, you know, I got, into, I got into bodybuilding when I was in college. And then, so she didn't really see that apart from when I was home for like Christmas or like uh, on, on summer break or whatever. And then she would, she, she, would, she would see the structure and the order of my day. Oh, wow. And then she kind of saw some, well, she was like, oh, okay, this actually makes a little bit of sense why you like this. Because as, as a child, you were very, you liked your structure and order. So I think maybe that could be it, you know, um, like that, yeah. Also, I love to lift. I love to go to the gym. I love to lift heavy. That's, that's, that's a, I answered the, um, the psychological reason why I might like bodybuilding, but then on a pure, like, surface level, superficial level, I like to eat a lot of food. You like to lift, I guess, that, that answer. Yeah. So you like, you're, you're disciplined, you like to eat, you like to lift. Perfect spot for you. <laughs> yeah, so it's just for me. Yeah, it's gonna, I'm glad, I'm really, really glad I found it, you know, I'm really right. glad I covered it because, you know, um, so many people I'm sure have so many passions that they, yeah. that they would have if they actually just tried them or like discovered them, you know? Um, no, I, so yeah. I, I like that. I like that. That's an amazing story. And the fact that you have, you don't have a reason why you do it. It's yeah. enough reason. You get it, right? Like, I don't think there should be a reason like, oh, I like, no, no. Sometimes not knowing why it's a good reason, you know, why you do it. You know, mm -hmm. maybe later on you might. You might discover that out, but yeah, shout out to you, man. So let's talk about some of your failures, okay? Your first show sounds like your biggest failure. And this year you have been winning. You've come up with a, you've been winning a yeah. lot. I think we learn a lot from our failures than even from our successes. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. what did you learn, you know, from that failure you had, your first show? I mean, you didn't fail, but you just, there were some lessons that were there that you learned from it. What, like, you know, what were some of those lessons that you you learn from yeah, that totally. I, I think um, learning from others, um, being open to learn, because it was mm. my coach's knowledge um, and his guidance really that 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 helped me. Because I think in bodybuilding you always you always need a coach. I think um, because it's very hard to be objective about your own body, particularly in a contest prep and your diet and your mind plays tricks on you. Yes. you know, one of the things that makes people fail is they diet too hard and they, they train too hard almost well i shouldn't say train too hard because that's a um you have to train hard and i don't think there's such a thing as overtraining but i mean like more so like in terms of your overall output like your cardio regimen like people will do two hours of cardio a day and bring their foods right down and then wonder why they look terrible like they might have some muscle but they start to get so depleted or you know you're you're burning through everything and then your cortisol goes whenever you're putting your body under all the stress, you know, your cortisol goes up, for example. And then that's just a bad situation to be in for any goal. If you're trying to build muscle, lose fat, it'll just impede yeah. everything. But um, so that's one thing, just listening to someone more knowledgeable than me and taking their advice and just being open to that. Because at first, when I started, I was like, oh, I watch a bunch of bodybuilding videos. I've watched a bunch of interviews. Yeah. I know what to do and I see what to eat. And so, but the thing is, I was seeing what they were eating. But and I was weighing my own food and like tracking the calories and macros. But now I think I, I, if I did that, I'd have a better experience with it. But at the time, I just didn't know what I should be eating or how much of it I should be eating. And like someone should have been telling me like, hey, this is what I think would work good for you. Um, that was it. also just setting realistic timeframe goals, mm. which I, that's, that's important for anything, but particularly bodybuilding, like 
how long till the show? Okay, when do I need to start working or when does this process need to get started? Um, that's a big one for me. And that's something I learned from the, from the first show is how early I would have to start dieting um, to, to be stage, stage ready. Um, posing as well. Um, my posing in the first time I competed was really, really bad. I didn't really know how to pose. You don't really care either. I was just yeah, like, <laughs> I'll just go up there. I know what to do. The basic, you just wanted to go. Yeah. I realized that there's just so much more to it. Um, Posing is an art. Like, you just can't go yeah. up and do something. Like, really, it's an art. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that's something I've been doing a lot more of this um, this time around. Um, even my even my second season in Ireland, so the second time I competed, my posing had improved, but it still wasn't anything great. And looking back at some of the pictures now, I can see now from the cues and the, the way to pose that I know now, I can look at my old pictures and be like, oh yeah, I'm making a ton of mistakes. This was the first time I actually worked with a posing coach. Um, so I had, I had quite a lot of sessions with my, my posing coach um, to really just nail down. And it's still a, a, a work in progress. Yeah. I'm very I'm very clumsy and I've also got very bad hand-eye coordination on balance. I've got terrible balance, but it's been improving. When I look at the old videos of me posing, when I just posing. first started working with the guy, to like the poses now, um, huge difference, night and day. Um, so that's one thing I learned is yeah, again, it ties into the first point of reaching out and learning from others and having a team, you know, you can't need a team and can't do everything yourself. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It sounds like you really learned a lot from this one experience. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it really, really shaped how you, you know, um, perceive the bodybuilding world. A lot of people think you, you can do this by yourself. That, a lot of people think like, oh, I can just, you know, pose myself, watch videos on YouTube, do all that and just go win. But I think the people that win, win are the people that are really prepared. And by mean preparation, I mean, you got a posing coach, um, diet coach, whatever, you know, everything is on check. Yes. Yeah. Like from some external force, you're not the one just judging yourself. Those are the people that win, not the people that just, um, genetics is one, but also it really boils down to like how much details you pay to things you get, right? Because you're gifted. And you have some good muscle doesn't mean you can win a, a show. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quick question. What what do you think you are? Are you gifted or you know you walked your ass off for this? Honestly, I would say gifted. Just I, I say that because I know people that have the same amount of muscle as me, but I've had to work so much more harder. Really? I think in a way I'm quite lucky in my genetics. I was able, even in high school, when I first started lifting people, people noticed that people were like, holy shit, can you can go to the gym, haven't you? Whereas think about it, most high school guys, you know, or even adult men that go to the gym all the time. It takes a while. You can't really, you can't really tell, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the time they don't look like, I know tons of people in my gym who go like, I see them there every day, but their, their physique doesn't change. You know, it's, um, and I just think, but I was quite lucky before even, I didn't even, I didn't track my macros. I didn't really watch what I ate in high school. Then I got in high school and just eat everything and grow. Um, but without really much structure or guidance, even in high school, um, I started growing some muscle. And so I think I'm lucky in that sense. And a lot of guys, particularly, so my legs are a little bit of a weak point yeah. on, like, compared to my upper body. But on stage, I had decent legs. And I just know when I compare my legs and their size and the how the muscles look, um, to some of the other competitors that I competed with, I've seen how they train legs. Like they train legs harder than I do, you yeah. know, and yeah. the legs, the legs are somewhat comparable. So I think, um, in that sense, I'm quite lucky. Like my body doesn't have that much of an issue building tissue. Now that, that, that being said, 
that'll probably change as I try and grow bigger. You know, I've gotten to this size um, with, I don't want to say relative ease, um, but compared to some others, I guess it's it's all relative. Some people can train less than me and grow bigger. Some people and grow bigger. Bigger. I know, I know the people that don't I'm, not, I'm so blessed in that sense that like I'm not one of these people. Plus, to grow muscle, the highest we've ever pushed food for me has been just shy of about 5,000 calories. Um, so 4,800. And that was when I was working a very physical job. And so I was yeah. burning right through it. So my calorie requirements usually aren't that high. Whereas I don't, and like, I don't have to eat a ton of carbs to grow muscle. Um, some guys need to like, it's all person dependent. Um, but I just know some guys to grow the same amount of muscle need to eat way more food. And it's so much food they can't even eat it. They've got to blend. They, they blend their chicken and their rice and their broccoli. Um, which is horrible. I don't. I don't have to do that, and yeah, that's yeah. what some people do um, to, to grow to, to grow at all. You know, these really hard gainers, people whose bodies just doesn't want to grow muscle. And um, so, in that sense, I'm blessed. But um, I'm also blessed, I think, to have a really good support system. You know, the people in my life um, have always supported me and pushed me to, um, and always encouraged and I've been accepting of this lifestyle. You know, for the most part, most of the people accept that I'm a bodybuilder and. Um, Some mightn't be completely happy with it just because I miss family events when I'm dieting. You know, there's there's things I got to say no to. Um, you know, but apart from that, for the most part, people are, are, very, are very supportive of this lifestyle. I've chosen some blessed in that sense, but I also think um, it's a mix of both because I do. I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'll get a plan. Um, and, and I'll stick with it. Like in, this is this previous prep. I don't think I missed any cardio sessions bar. I don't think I missed any cardio sessions. And then my diet was exactly what I was meant to have when I was meant to have it. And I know the, I know there was one time that it wasn't. I can literally, in the whole, I was dieting for 17 weeks. I can, I can say the exact time I ate something that I wasn't meant to eat. It was right at the start of prep. And um, I had forgotten to buy, I think my carb source for that, for a particular meal um, was meant to be some fruit. And I forgot to buy the fruit and I had a granola bar instead. I just had a granola bar, like, but and I matched it up roughly like for like, you know, calories or whatever. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it was oatmeal. I was meant to have oatmeal. I think it was, you know, whatever amount of oatmeal. And uh, I just threw it into my fitness pal and I was like, oh, that's a roughly the same calories. Exactly. As granola bar. I'll take that with me and I'll have the granola bar instead of the, the oatmeal. And I texted my coach. I was like, by the way, I messed up. I didn't get oatmeal at the store at the weekend wherever I'll get some today after work. So I had a granola bar instead. Um, and he goes, I was like 15 weeks out or something. And he was like, yeah, don't worry about that. That's, that's fine. But just don't make a habit of it. And especially not closer to the show, then it's going to be eat exactly what you're meant to be eating when you're eating. But that's, I can, I can literally list it off because it was one instance of me eating anything that wasn't, you know, weighed up exactly as it was to the plan. Um, that's just how I am. Once it's, once it's go time, it's just, it's all in. It's 100%. There's no like not following the plan. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Wow, Chef. Like that's very impressive, man. That you remember the one, <laughs> you remember the one meal that you had the wrong time. That shows your your dedication and also how much you pay attention to details, bro. Like bodybuilding, like you know, competing and all that. It's a completely different world. Like it takes it takes time. It takes money. It's expensive. Yes. It takes your time too. Like it's not just even the expense of money, but it also your time and support and all that and question is like what still makes you go through a spot like that like you get me right it's not like 
football, mm-hmm. for example, all the players get sponsored, and you know, I mean, all the players get paid, even those that sit on the bench get paid. Bodybuilding, not every, not everyone that gets in that stage wins that prize. You get it, right? Yeah. And not everyone gets um, endorsement from supplement brands, you know. But what still makes people chase this spot? You know, with all the expenses, you know, what still makes people go after this spot? It's a good question. I genuinely think uh, the people who are really good at it would be doing it um, even like without the supplement endorsements or the, the monetary kickback. Like, granted, maybe I wouldn't get as lean as you need to get for a bodybuilding contest because that doesn't even look that good. Like the day before the show, you look you look flat. You look like if you've got no muscle, you look depleted as hell. Um, and then on stage, you look fantastic. Well, sometimes not even. Sometimes you, you look okay on stage. And then you come off stage and you take some pictures backstage and like you don't look you don't look great it's like it's such a specific look so if i wasn't com- competing in bodybuilding i don't know if i would chase that look like just for fun like i don't think i'd get stage lean just for the sake of it but i think for the most part the people who live that lifestyle would be living it even like just anyway because i love it you know i i love i love every aspect of it um of course there's just parts about it that suck um but I think the people who really want to do it, they'd be doing it anyway. So that was, that's what drives them or us forward. Um, just wanting, wanting to do it, live that lifestyle and just be, I guess it's an improvement as well. You know, you're improving how you look, you're, you're, you're beating the logbook, you're, you're bringing a better version of yourself each time you compete. Um, so I think that would even translate over to, if you, if you weren't competing, you would still be trying to improve your physique, trying to look your best. Um, but yeah, short answer is for me, just, I love the sport. I love, love competing. Sport. I love, um, so I would be doing it, you know, all the supplement kind of endorsements that I have, you know, they're nothing, I'm an amateur. So some professional bodybuilders have like much nicer mm-hmm. endorsement packages and yeah. get, a, you know, a lot nicer deals. I'm, I love the, um, the sport I have and the deals I have, they help me out a ton. Um, but I'd still be doing it kind of without that. It's just, it's just, but it's so, it's really nice because I, uh, it's, it's kind of something I'd be doing anyway. Like I've always kind of shouted out like brands that I really like, you know, if there's a local business that I think is doing a great job that I want to support, like I'll, I'll shout them out on my Instagram or like I'll give them a review or that's how, always how it'd be. Um, and then now that I do have a little bit more of a social media following, they will try and give me a kickback too for that, which is what's really just the same thing that's always been happening just now. It's just more, um, in a more structured manner, like, like, hey, let's let's sign something. Let's put some stuff to paper. Like, you help us out, we'll help you out. Like, in a way. I feel you. So you said um, bodybuilders are their worst critic, which I completely I agree with. Get right. But that's a good thing. But also mm-hmm. can be a bad thing. Because you're never satisfied with what you have. And in the process, you might end, mm-hmm. up, end up doing something that you shouldn't do. or Because the truth is, Bodybuilders are, there's the word for it. The mindset is incredible. Like if we make up our mind to do something, we do it all the way in. You get it, right? For example, it, like, you know, they're saying that, you know, don't stop because you're tired, stop because you're done. You get it, right? And people go into this bodybuilding competition with this mindset that they want to be the best at it. You get, and in the process, you, you know, you always want to improve your, your, your biceps are never big enough. Your chest is never big enough. And you always want to grow, 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 which is understandable. But how do you balance it? Like, how do you, you know, like, where is that trash point for you? It's like, 
this yeah. is a no-go area you get right as much as i want to grow i wouldn't do this to grow you get as much as i want to be the best i wouldn't do this to be the best what is your own threshold like you know your your own borderline that that this is this this is where it stops for me yeah um, so you're right um, it can be in a sense it can open up um issues that we don't normally see in men we've always heard about women having these kind of body dysmorphia issues and you know thinking that they're overweight when they're not and getting disordered eating and all these things and in a sense i mean i don't think it's an eating disorder however i've talked to doctors who think a bodybuilding diet is an eating disorder genuinely actually one time i went into a doctor for my general health checkup and she asked me asked me about my diet she was like what's your diet like and i said right now it's 4500 calories this is just random numbers yes but i was like it's 4500 calories uh, 400 grams of carbs a day 250 protein and 80 grams of fat and she looks at me and she's like you know exactly like to the gram how much you eat and i was like yeah and then she goes we do have some uh, nutritional counselors that you speak to do they help people with eating disorders and i was like i don't have an eating disorder i'm trying to get huge but Jen, but I, I get where she's coming from. I really get where she was going from. Um, you could argue that I think particularly every bodybuilder, there's a few few first-time competitors I competed with. Yeah. Um, who were talking to me like a couple of days after the show, like I cannot stop eating. And I, I do think um, the first time you compete, myself included, but the first time I ever competed, that first show I did, my eating habits for the week or two after the show could only be described as disordered eating for sure. I, I but that's. <laughs> you diet you yeah and then but the thing is you have your two weeks of eating like an idiot and then you know you can you, you you swell up but you're not really gaining a ton of body fat your body cannot grow fat that quickly what's actually happening is well first of all your glycogen is coming back up all the places that you sucked out water when you were dieting to get like dry and lean that's just filling up with water again and then your 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 adipose cells are swelling with water you know you you will be growing some new adipose cells but like in two weeks even if you gain 30 pounds your body actually cannot grow fat cells that quickly but it's not good and don't get me wrong yeah. but um, and then I think as you age as you compete more as you get older you get a bit more maturity and you just realize no that's that's just that's just my experience um some people i know the first time they compete they're right back on the chicken and rice the next day no chicken that's i think they're a rarity um but so it can lead itself into a little bit of 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 disordered eating and body image issues i've not really suffered from it that much because i think I, I, i'm lucky i was always um happy with my body as a, as a, as a child and as a teenager as yeah. a teenager i had no dysmorphia issues with my body i was always very comfortable in my own skin and i see the big picture so like in the off season i'll lose my abs i won't be vascular i won't see the muscle definition but i see that i'm putting on size for the next competition so when a lot of guys will, when they lose their abs they they hate it they they get all depressed and um <laughs> and lean again and i'm like no i don't care you know uh, but um but to, to, to come, come back to the end part of your question um the the balance and the threshold i guess truly for me is my health um of course bodybuilding isn't the healthiest sport i think it's not it's not healthy in general i think there's a way to do it a little bit less unhealthy and yeah. a little bit more healthy that's kind of the way i see it because anytime i mean what we're doing is we're eating in a calorie surplus for months at a time and then a deficit and then we're putting on weight and we're then we're in the gym and we're breaking down our muscles and like the what happens a lot of times you know bodybuilders will get like joint issues from training so much and yeah. um, digestive tract issues from eating more food than we were really ever meant to be eating 
Um, so I, I agree that it's not the healthiest sport. I, I kind of compare it to like other sports sometimes, you know. I'm like, hey, we'll look at, you know, boxing or NFL, American football, or football, they call it here. I still have to call it American football because we call football, football, we call soccer, football, football, football yeah, yeah. but the American football, you know, that is causing lots and lots of, um, we're seeing a lot of brain um, issues. Issues, yeah. With, with the people who've played American football their whole lives. And I, I, know, I know so many parents who, Maybe not personally, I've heard of it, and I've heard of guys in the gym telling about this, and I've seen it online. Um, but a lot of parents are very worried about their teenagers getting into bodybuilding and taking creatine and stuff. But if they're trying out for the football team, they're like, oh, happy days. And, um, and like, how many young people do you see walking around with, like, braces on their legs, you know, after ACL tendons? It's pretty common to see, like, young athletes, like college college athletes, um, you know, with their legs in those those plastic braces because they've got... Yeah. ACL tears and that, you know, and so that's kind of my thing. It's like, I think all sports have, uh, all, all kind of physical sports, like whatever contact sport you do, um, have a tendency to get injured, right? So, yeah. but I do, I do think is, uh, with bodybuilding, there's just a bit, bit more of that. And for me, like me personally, the threshold is, yeah, my health, um, my wife, um, I would never do anything that would, um, like, jeopardize me being her in her life if that makes sense that makes sense i would never push anything too hard i don't think you have to i think and i think if you do have to then maybe bodybuilding is not the sport for you like if oh, yeah, you yeah. have to do something absolutely crazy that's yeah. going to really negatively impact your health that's what it's going to take to get on stage and look good on stage and yeah then, then maybe this isn't the sport for you you know you don't then you have to if you have to rely on an extreme measure like that for me i'm quite lucky i've never had to push anything too crazy um, my health has never really suffered tremendously from bodybuilding. Um, of course, you know, end stages of prep, you're going to be dehydrated. Your body's going to be quite stressed from just everything you're doing, but it's for quite a short period of time. Um, you know, peak off season when you're eating lots and lots of food, it's a little bit of a strain on, on your heart and whatnot. Um, cause you're just heavier. But, uh, I think the, the most important thing is to be, is to be mindful of all these things and, work with your doctor, get blood work done, comprehensive blood work, not the usual basic metabolic panel, I think, which some people rely on a little bit too much. I think there's so much more you can look at. Now, yeah. of course, this country can be expensive unless your insurance covers it. Um, but I think it's a worthwhile investment if, if, you're, if you can't get it through insurance. Um, you know, looking at your blood, blood work, looking at the insides, how is everything looking? Um, and for me personally, I just wouldn't want to push anything um, and for me, my, my blood work's never been been terrible. A few things have been a little bit in and out of range. But I know many non-bodybuilders, when they get their blood work done, little little random things will be in and outside the range. And the doctors are like, a doctor has never, plenty of doctors have told me, um, I don't think bodybuilding is good. I don't think bodybuilding is a good endeavor. However, I cannot see anything in your blood work that will tell me right now to tell you to stop bodybuilding. That's kind of the, the main answer I've gotten is, um, you know, and that's what I have, that's why I want to keep it. If there was never a point, if there was ever a point where a doctor says, no, there is something in your blood work that would tell me immediately or, you know, sooner rather than later that you need to stop bodybuilding. And that's something I would definitely take on board um, because there's more important things in my life than bodybuilding. Um, I have a lot of things going on, a lot of things I want to do. Yeah. This is a fun sport. It's allowed me to do, it's opened up so many doors for me um, as well, but I also wouldn't want it to close doors for me as well. That's, that is, that's nice. That's nice. Like there are a lot of bodybuilders out there that um 
you know, probably from squatting, break their legs or something. And doctors told them not to to stop squatting heavy. And we know the stories. They they squat heavy, and now they're back using their their legs again. You know, so it's true. I mean, it's difficult to just accept these things. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm actually, but I love bodybuilding, and I'm ready to like, you know, if like if I'm in it, I'm in it. You get right, like, and I wouldn't, you know. So so like the question, like, it's a very tricky subject when you know if you say doctors say because it's not healthy for you, you shouldn't do it because like. You've heard the stories and bodybuilding is about the stories that the doctors told me I couldn't use my legs. I couldn't use my desk. And I changed that story around, you know, to now using my legs to squat heavier than I even squatted before. There are many examples of that. And you're right. And actually, yeah, there are many. It depends on which, which doctor you have. Some doctors will look at anything outside of range. I have some, I actually have some funny stories of doctors, yeah. um, me being 18, not much muscle. Um, and, like my um my um as my ast and my alt were slightly elevated we're talking like a couple of points which are liver enzymes yeah um and so the doctor sits me down now mind you i'm 18 i just started college and she goes okay uh you need to she goes you need to tell me which anabolic steroids you've been taking At the time i'm 18 years old you know i was like I, i've never taken anabolics in my life yeah and she's like no no you, you must be you must be and i'm like no i, I genuinely i'm not um which was, I, I took it as a bit of a, um, a compliment because I know. Was, <laughs> this doctor was thinking that me at 18. Yeah, you on steroids. Like, all, I think I don't, the only supplements I ever bought was like protein, creatine, and glutamine in the pre-workout at the time. That's all I had ever done. Um, and this doctor, who's like a medical professional, was looking at me and being like, this guy must be, must be on, on the gear, which I thought was hilarious. But she was, your liver enzymes are high. You know, you're, you're doing liver damage with these steroids you're taking. You need to tell me which ones you're taking. And I'm like, I'm not taking any. I'm not. And she goes, well, is it, some, is it not a steroid? Is it a poor hormone? Is it something that's like legal in some other country that's illegal here? And I was like, no, I take protein, creatine, and glutamine. I talked to some other people and I actually talked to another doctor. He could not believe what uh, she had said. Um, the other doctor had um, a bit more of a sports background. He actually worked um, for the Olympic swim team. He was the Olympic, the Irish Olympic swim team's doctor yeah. years ago. So he had a bit of a sports background. And he goes, Kai, your elevated liver enzymes are completely normal to see in the couple of days after we do any physical, strenuous physical activity. He was like, if you do anything that breaks down a lot of your muscle, like if you yeah. use your muscles a lot and anything uh, physical, like, like exercising or weightlifting, yeah. You're going to see for a couple of days a slight little jump, that, that exact jump that we were seeing. Um, he goes, what did you do like the last couple of days, like in the gym before this blood draw was done? And I was like, um, yeah, I did back and then I did legs and then I did chest. So he's like, those are those big, are muscle, <laughs> big muscle groups. Big muscle so groups we're, we're going to see slight uh, AST and ALT elevation. And he was like, for, the, for this doctor to assume that you want some kind of drug, based on just that reason alone. He, he literally said this, he was like, that's wrong advice, not what I would say at all. So that's just, you do have to um, figure out, because some doctors will just look at your blood work and be like, oh my God, you got to stop bodybuilding. Um, because technically, I guess medic medically speaking, that's probably the best advice they can give. Stop yeah. bodybuilding. Because, like, it's not, it doesn't medically benefit us. You know, It doesn't it doesn't heal any diseases or um, <laughs> so it's not it's just not medically beneficial so I guess in a sense they are doing the right thing by doing that but I guess you need to filter out a little bit who you listen to 
And if they're just saying that because it's a blanket statement or if there actually is something in your blood work. And then I think that what comes into play as well is no one, I think bodybuilders get a bad rap. We People think that bodybuilders are do it because they're unintelligent. Mm. And it's like a lot of the times they have to be their own doctors in a sense because they're, they're operating outside the norm of what doctors have been trained to, to deal with. You know, Their body weight is so much higher. They've got so much more muscle mass. They're eating so much more food. Than, than the average person. So like their systems function differently, you know? Um, and so sometimes just doctors aren't just, aren't used to seeing that and just don't, in my experience, don't really know what to make of it. No, no, yeah. And so I think you need to, you know, find, find someone particularly who has, who knows what they're looking at and can actually tell you honestly, A, is this actually that bad? You know, is this, or is it B? Um, like this is normal. This is what we'd expect to see in someone who yeah. has, is has 250 pounds of lean muscle mass, like an IFBB pro bodybuilder that has, you know, that, that is that's go, that's stepping on stage at like 250, like shredded to the bone. Like if you look like that, your, your um, biomarkers aren't going to look normal it's, just yeah, as a normal. Because yeah. you look so much more, you've got, you've got two humans inside you. You're walking around with two people, you know, two, like, so everything's working double time, you know? Um, but yes, that is a, Back to your original question, um, what would uh, and also another, another thing, um, a lot of a lot of these uh, national level shows fall um, right at like Thanksgiving or right, you know, a lot of guys would have to, a lot of people diet over Thanksgiving and Christmas for some of these shows. I know, I mean, if I got to do it, I'll do it, but like, I just know my family's going to kill me <laughs> if I'm sitting at Thanksgiving dinner table with my own <laughs> top <laughs> Yeah, okay, but if if, that, if the show that I got to do is you know the the i think there's one in orlando next next uh, late next year yeah um in december time i think uh then i'll probably be dieting over thanksgiving yeah. if i do that show but I, I, that's a long time away don't have to think about it right now right now the focus is this off season yeah um, just having every day the most productive it can be um taking all the boxes currently my food isn't anything crazy high um can i still kind of reverse dieting a little bit out of the show um, we haven't we haven't reached like full off season weight yet? Um, I'm like I'm like 207. I've been 217 pounds. Actually, I had I had a cheat meal last night. I was 218 this morning. And my stage weight was around 190 on average for both shows. I was 193 for one of the shows, 188 for the other. Um, so I just averaged at 190. So I'm up 20. And is it? 27, 27 pounds. Yeah, yeah. 27 pounds, yeah. Yeah. Um, still have abs, still have some 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 muscle separation, some striations. Um, haven't gotten to, but that condition will fade as we push the food out, as we transition more into the off season. So I'm enjoying it while I have it. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the abs while I have them now. While you have them now, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the story sounds amazing. But like, what were the most difficult times? you know, your bodybuilding career, you know, like what are some of the challenges that you've, you've gone through? Cause like, you know, coming from a different country to the United yeah. States, not having your work documents, you know, and, but the expense of the spot, I even say, I, I even heard you say you had to stop working out for, for a while. You get me right. Mm -hmm. Just to get yourself all your feet. Like, you know, what are some of this, you know, tough times that you've had in the industry and how, how were you able to overcome this times? Yeah, when, when I first moved to the States, it was kind of a combination of COVID happening and gyms being closed. Yeah. And then 
So I actually kind of use that time as just time away from bodybuilding because I'd been competing for the last couple of years and had been doing a lot of, you know, I was training hard, eating a lot. Um, and so it was actually kind of a nice period to just let my body just rest. Um, and I actually felt really good. My digestion got better. My joints felt really good. I had all these little like niggling uh, joint problems. Um, just, just tenderness and pain and that and inflammation that after like I needed, I needed to take time off training just to let all that heal. Yeah. Uh, and then so it actually was beneficial. But um, yeah, like you said, the the finances aspect, you know, there was periods where I was just making enough money for, you know, my wife and I's rent and our food bill and bills and whatever. And I had no money, for, you know, for the ex. No, and that was even just you talking. I was eating like three meals a day. Like I wasn't eating a bodybuilding diet. I couldn't afford oh, yeah. it. I was eating the normal. So that was a period of that. But then, you know, as we, we both got on our feet more, um, and then she also improved her career a little bit, you know, just as you get older, you know, you, you, you do better, you tend to do better and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you're just, we're both in a better position. And so I decided to um, compete this year. But the, one of the main challenges this year was I was working a physical job yeah. um, while prepping. I was working two physical job, jobs actually. And so I was looking for work back in, in the in the biotech sector, which is what I went to school for. But um, I was in the middle of prep, so like I was I was looking for jobs, yes, but I didn't really want to take one in the middle of a prep. So I was applying for ones that had like kind of somewhat far in advance start dates, um, and uh, so that was a, that was a challenge trying to do trying to work a physical job yeah. while dieting. It just it just made it just made it harder um, <laughs> to 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 train even my, my recovery wasn't as good um, but in a sense it was actually there was one aspect of what I liked during a contest prep your brain kind of tends to get a bit slower just because you're hungry all the time you're tired yeah. you're, it's a little impacted and then also your brain has less energy because you're in a calorie deficit you know your brain requires a ton of calories to function um, so you get a little bit slower I found doing a physical job I was, I was moving furniture and doing house, during, um, house clear outs and uh, junk removal and so I could kind of switch off and just, I put the stuff in the barrels, pass it down or walk it on the stairs or um, whatever it was. And then at the, but at the weekend, I was actually bouncing, bouncing at a bar. Yeah. I was doing more work at a bar in Boston. And I just, that was really hard because at the start, it was fine. Um, I started during off season. So even though I, I was up at the crack of dawn to, to get my day started before the trash job during the week. And then at the weekend, um, I would be up late at night so then switching from like getting up early to being up late at night, it did impact my sleep. And then as prep went on, it just got harder and harder. And then to be honest, at the very end of prep, um, I was finding it really hard to juggle the two. I was going into that bar job sometimes just being like, how am I going to get through this shift? Um, luckily, I don't suffer from some of the you know ag uh, aggression and irritability and snappiness that some people get. You know, yeah. a lot of guys, particularly doing, doing door work um, when they prep, We'll get a bit more snappy, get a bit more aggressive. Um, I'm kind of calm, but there was times where I'm just like, I've no energy and there's just some idiot just giving me all this. Um, I have no patience for it, but um, no, I, I don't think I ever, uh, if I, there is times where you have to get a bit aggressive in that kind of work when it's warranted when someone comes, comes at you with a bit of aggression, sometimes you have to meet that. But I don't think I ever did it in an unwarranted fashion or I was out of line doing it. I think it was always what was warranted. So I'm, I'm quite lucky in that sense that um, I don't get some, some guys get really aggressive. And, aggressive, yeah. You know, and even, you know, towards the partners, I've heard, you know, some, some horror stories and I've, I've had some, you know, even my wife's been actually asked, you know, not so much about aggression, but like, 
other partners of bodybuilders have asked my wife, you know, hey, like when Kai's prepping for a contest, like does he get really like, like uh, what's the word, like snarky? Does he get like, does he get snappy? And does he get? Yeah. Not really. No, he just he gets very quiet because he just doesn't have the energy to talk. You know. I know, right? I'm just, I'm just gotta save every energy I have. Yeah, but it's like some guys just get that a lot. I don't. You know, I'm, so I'm really lucky in that sense. Really, really lucky in that sense. Um, but uh, in terms of another, what are the challenges? Not driving. I don't have a driver's license. Um, partly because, well, I had my test booked recently, and then I started a new job like the day before I was meant to have the test, so I had to postpone it because I didn't want to ask for the day two of the new job off. Yeah, off, oh, I know. I didn't want to request a, a day off, but um, I couldn't get a driving test, a driving license when I didn't have work documents, so that put a whole spanner in the works, um, so I need to get a car. So that was that was challenging, you know, relying on people from, and that's, again, that's why it's good to have a team of people in your corner. Getting around Boston, the public transport is decent. I can get around pretty good. Yeah. But like for getting to the shows, I needed help. I needed help going certain places. Um, so I needed rides from, you know, from from friends and family, and they were all really, really good and helped me out. You know, I looked at, I always tried to make sure I looked after them. I'd buy them lunch or coffee or give them a gift card or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, try to show appreciation, like you know, hey, thanks for thanks for doing this. Um, but then how I it overcame challenges, I think you just gotta. When there's a will, there's a way. Uh, and one thing I think help is being prepared, trying to f trying to foresee difficulties before they arrive. Like just at the base level, you know, having your food prepared. I like to when I leave the house, I like to have all my meals with me, even a little bit extra in case whatever happens. Like I don't get home at the time that I'm meant to get home. I get stuck in traffic. There's a car crash, and I'm just in gridlock traffic all day. And I don't have my meals with me, you know, that's, that's a nightmare. So I'd, I'd rather have them with me and just, yeah. So I think just being um, proactive and just anticipating like what kind of problems you might, have, what, what might jump up, you know, how, yeah. how might you, how might you dig wrong? What could happen? And just think about that and then try and be prepared. That's, that's me personally. Honestly, that's, that's impressive, man. Preparation. Like the fact that you, <laughs> you move around with extra meals, just anticipating that things might go wrong. And I think that's why you stay calm. That's why you don't, that's why you don't like, snap out and lose it because you're like prepared for the worst case scenario you get right yeah. so when it happens yeah. it's like yeah. <laughs> i you know i'm not shocked you know i i, I knew this kind of will happen or something will happen that's very impressive man yeah you're right actually i think that's that that might be the, the mentality that i have about it yeah like kind of expecting the worst that could be the irish kind of uh you no know, irish are very the irish are very happy but we're also quite pessimistic we kind of do look at like the dark, the bad side of things. The bad so, side of things, yeah. And like anticipated. Yeah, like, um, so maybe that's, maybe it's an Irish thing, like expecting, you know, the worst to go wrong. But yeah, I just think it's, particularly the meals, I, I'll, I'll bring um, my meals for the day often with me if I have space in that. Um, and then even if I don't eat them on the go, I'll just bring them home and then have them at home. I'll, I'll just, rather than, you know, it stresses me out not having them with me because you just never know what's going to happen. Nice. Uh, so I'd rather just I'd rather just have them, yeah. And I think that's that's especially important in off season and prep. If you if anything, if you skip the odd meal, like it's not ideal. But you're trying to lose weight. You're trying to you're trying to diet down. So if anything, it might even be a little bit beneficial. Like I'm not saying you should skip meals at all. And Andrew, you're going to be so hungry you won't want to. Yeah. But in the off season, it's almost as if like once you get to those peak calories, every meal counts. Um, um, and there's a reason why like. So few people, I think, just gain a lot of muscle because whenever you're in a, a growing, a growing phase, um, you really got to make make the most of it. And 
eat a lot of food consistently. Um, when you're at that point in your in your in your in your season, when it's time to when it's time to increase that food and have that food high, you're gonna to want to have it with you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and you said something very powerful. When there's a will, there's a way. That's a mindset for me that is very huge. Like, as long as I'm willing to make it happen, there's some way has to happen. Like, you know, way has to pop out of nowhere for me to you know achieve whatever that I want to achieve. So that's mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, my next question is like, what are some characteristics that people need to succeed in this field, bodybuilding? Like someone else listening now and they they want to go into bodybuilding. What are, you know, mm-hmm. mindset, you know, characteristics and whatever that people need to have to succeed in bodybuilding? Genuine, I think the most important one would be like self-belief. self-belief. Because there's an age old saying, whether you say you can do it or you can't, either way you're right. Yeah. So if you say, I can't do this, you know, I can't get this workout done. I can't eat this meal. I can't, whatever it is, then, then that's it. But if you say I can, like I can do this, you'd be surprised how far you can go. Right. Uh, so I think that's, uh, yeah, that's quick and easy. Um, I think that's the most important one. Um, having that, having that self-belief and just, you know, refusing to accept like excuses or no for an answer or like, you know, I was guilty of it too. It took me this, this isn't something I was born with. It's something that's almost had to be cultivated. I had to, I had to grow these characteristics and these mindsets almost like you have to grow your muscles or you train your body to run. Mm, yeah. You train your lungs to, to endure more cardiovascular endurance. Um, it's almost had to be trained. And like, you know, you, when I first started off, I was like, I used to use excuses sometimes like, oh, I had a really, really busy day. I have tons of laundry to do. I have cooking to do. I, I'm going to skip cardio i'd never skip a workout but i might skip cardio at the start you know or somebody didn't want to enjoy like posing or side for example or and then it was just over time i realized that those all those little i can't stay add up um so having like a can-do mindset i think is is a really important characteristic and then being being humble i think being humble um because if you're really really arrogant Arrogant, you think think you're the biggest guy in the gym Mm. you're not Want to be you're not going to be pushing yourself that hard i think me personally i don't know if i was that's one reason i don't like my current gym uh there's not that many competitors in there yeah uh, kind of the big fish and i'd rather be a small fish in a big pond because i draw inspiration from that mm. um i'd rather be the little guy trying to trying to catch up to the big guys if that makes sense um but i think being humble because that then you have that underdog mentality you have that you know if you think you're already the, the greatest where where's where do you go from there? Um, so I, I think being humble, I think. Yeah. There's one reason why I really don't like <laughs> I like like I I don't like bodybuilders that compete because most most of them are just cocky and arrogant, you get mm-hmm. right? Like so many of them I've seen them and the way they carry themselves and I'm like if I want to compete, mm-hmm. this is the reason why like because that image is kinda like just I, I don't like it. You get it, right? Like when you think you're on top of the world because of you got muscle or you see them in the gym and they're just all over the place. Just, you know, like there's some, like that's one of the reasons why I, I just don't like, I love lifting weight mm-hmm. that hasn't making me going on stage and compete. Just like, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to be arrogant or, you know, let this power fool me to be this kind of person that I'm seeing here. So I, I, I'd rather not just, you know, try it or something. Like, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I don't find myself competing. You get yes. right. But like, it's nice to hear you say, yes, you, you have to be humble because like I said, it's something that just made me like, 
was like a turn off for me, a red flag for me, because I know so many bodybuilders that have won and, you know, they just let that get into the head and they go from this to this and just like completely change their attitude, the way they speak to you and all that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Granted, sometimes I will, like some of my Instagram posts, they might sound quite arrogant, but it's, I think it's, it's a joke. You know, I try and be humorous sometimes. Yeah. Um, like, I can't even think of an example, but sometimes I, I, might, I might post something and be like, oh, I have a bigger chest than Arnold or something. But it's, it's obviously a joke, you know, or sometimes like that. I think you have to, you have, to have fun with it too. But um, I do think I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I think I'm, I don't, because I always have the, that mentality of me being, you know, when I got, get backstage and I see the other guys and I'm like, oh, he's first, he's second, he's third. Yeah. I might be trying to fight for fourth. Like, that's how, that's how, I was, that's how I've always been. <laughs> you just go. Then, and then they, I hear my name called to first and I'm like, really? Particularly, particularly for classy physique because I, yeah. um, I I just looked at that. I'm one of the smaller guys from my classic class because I'm taller and the light and heavies. I'm in the, the, he- the heavier side of the class. I'm at the top of the class in terms of weight, more so. And, um, so that doesn't completely translate to doing well, being heavier, like you, someone lighter could beat you if they look better. But it tends to be a good indication. Uh, but for the, for the classic, I'm one of the lighter guys on stage. Like I'm, I'm one of the smallest. Um, so I didn't I had less expectations. I had no expectations for either of them going in, but I, for classic, I just really didn't really have my hopes of that much. I was like, you know, oh, I'll just do it for fun. I'll just see what, see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then hearing my name calls for first really, really surprised me. I was like, wow. Um, that was it was surprising yeah but it's because i just that's the mentality i have i'll I look it's almost backstage i'm almost like distracted by the other guys i'm like, oh, you're so <laughs> what's, I'm like, I'm like what's your name holy shit like you look fantastic you look fantastic um, yeah 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 um and i'm, and I'm like I'm, I'm kind of hyping them up you know i kind of forget um yeah. that i'm there to compete against them you know i genuinely kind of forget that we're about to go head to head we're about to go head to head you start adoring them and say, wow, you look amazing, man. I wish I could look like that or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like they're saying, you know, the wolf on the hill is never as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. You, you always want to be that wolf that is climbing the hill because mm-hmm. you know, it brings out that hunger and you know, you're never satisfied. You're just trying to get it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it applies to lots of different things in life, business, you know, sports, whatever it is. Oh, wow. That's that's dope. So there was one picture you posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you said, "I just want to look like Frank." Honestly, yeah. that's a look, look. That's a beautiful picture. That's a bold statement when you said it. And I know you 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 admire this guy. I know you <laughs> you know, but like, so I want. Is he your mentor? Is he someone you look forward to? Or if he's not, like, who's your who's your number one mentor in the fitness world? Someone you look for, look up to. Um. I guess just personal mentor, like in terms of someone who mentors me like directly and like talks to me and influences me directly would be my coach, my coach Connor Small. Um, he'd be like my most like direct mentor, but in terms of like someone who in the, in the professional bodybuilding sphere that I've learned a lot from say, or that that's, that's taught me a lot. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of people, um, John Meadows, yeah. uh, mountain dog was just a guy who just in terms of his training information and his methodology, methodology and knowledge. Um, I loved a lot of the stuff that he he put out over the years. Yeah, rest uh, him, man. he's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah that way, I believe last year. Yeah, last year. Um, so John Meadows. Um, you know, so so many to name. Evan Santapani, another animal athlete. 
Um, Evan Santapani, I think, has a great is a great voice for the sport. He's just an all round. Well, I've never, I've actually never met him, but according to what other people who know him have said, um, no way. Apparently, he's a great guy and has a very health centered approach. And a lot of the videos he puts out are the importance of like micronutrients and where you can get all these really beneficial things from foods that are great for your gut, which is such a switch from a lot of bodybuilders. Like, oh, you got to do this exercise to grow your chest and you know slam a bunch of meat and eat a bunch of rice and you know ignore problems in your gut you know if you have stomach pain after you eat like i don't care keep pushing through it keep pushing yeah his approach is a bit more like you know his, his videos are talking a lot about um you know having a rich diet and having lots of good micronutrients which is something that my coach and i i've really implemented in in my in my recent season uh, and i think it's, it's helped a lot so emerson to is another one um who else you know what after we get off the call i'll think of a bunch of guys yeah <laughs> Um, there's a bunch of people that I draw inspiration from. Um, recently, I've been talking a lot with Jose Raymond yeah. here in Boston um, at Gym Hub and places like that. Uh, he's, he's he's always good for you know talking to and um, getting some encouragement for him was very inspiring. You know, yeah. um, I know his, I met his, his client John, a friend of mine, John um, John Reisfeld, John Reisfelder or Reisfeld, I can't remember his last name. Um, and he introduced me to Jose uh, in, in Gym Hub not too long ago. And you know, Jose watched me pose. I was maybe three weeks out from from a show, and uh, you know, he said, "I look good." He says, "Just keep doing what you're doing. You got you got to come in leaner. You got but you got those three weeks to, to get that a little bit more fat off." But it, he says, "I look good." And that was like I couldn't, you know, that was a, such a compliment to me. You know, you couldn't believe uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, I was like, thank you." Yeah, but so yeah, he's um, also a very successful bodybuilder. He um, you know, several, he, he went to the Olympia several times. I want to say, he went to the Olympia a lot. And he won the Arrow Classic in 212, 2007, 2008. I forget which, which year exactly. Um, he'll kill me for not knowing. He'll be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> no, uh, but it's just, it's just really, really cool. Uh, getting that encouragement, you know, from someone who's a big a big name in the sport. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really nice. Um, oh, before I forget, um, John Jewett. Uh, John Jewett, uh, IFBB Pro, um, an Animal Pack athlete. He is the founder of J3U University. Oh. Uh, it's a platform for, he teaches a lot of stuff. Uh, he's got a, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, I love his podcast, the J3U podcast. Um, he uh, puts out a lot of good info. And uh, I, got, I got some encouragement from him as well, kind of before the shows, which was awesome, which was really, really cool. Um, oh, wow. I, I had a short conversation with him. Um, but yeah, John Jewett is someone I, I, I've learned a lot from um, as well, you know, indirectly. Never, he's never taught me anything personally. Yeah, but um, all, the, all the stuff that he puts out and just his mentality and his, his kind of his mindset of, and, and way of doing things is something I learned a lot from. Yeah, that's dope, man. So you know, you and I we've never. This is our first time having a conversation together. But I remember once that <laughs> I that I came close to having a conversation with you, and that was when I was working at BSC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Marina and I were were hosting this squad something i remember that yes Marina. Yes. Yeah. and then you came you were among the people that sign up and yeah. i i had marina talking to you like what are you doing here like <laughs> yeah right and, and you were like i still want to improve my score like i want to know what i'm still doing wrong yes I remember yeah, right? that, yeah, yeah. and and that was that for me was very humbling like i was like wow look at this guy you get right yeah. that you would think and he's still 
here, like with these newbies and, you know, people that don't know how to exercise still saying that I, I want to still learn some more, you know, like I want to improve my squad. I want to know what's wrong with the way I squad. How can I get better? So like ever since like that, that, that stood out to me. That was, that was like, Oh wow. This is, this is something that's very, very like very impressive. Like, you know, that at this stage, you're still willing to go and still learn from, you know, like it was very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I do. I completely, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I remember that little squat, squat workshop that was done. And yes, I did feel it in out of place, which is funny because everyone else was very much beginner. You know, we, we had people of all ages, but some of, you know, you had, you had some el- more elderly members. Yeah. And just people, people, most people who were just kind of beginning in their fitness journey, you know. Um, but I was like, hey, you know, you can never, uh, you, you never stop learning. That's true. Uh, That's yeah, true. that was fun. Yeah, that was. Okay. Um, how uh how are we on time how long have we been on oh god we're on for a while oh yeah time flies but but we're, uh we're rounding up so what are three things you're grateful for right now in your life three things you're grateful for and yeah three things you're grateful for yeah um my wife number one you uh, support you support man i see yeah. the posts you have of her and you know thanking her every day shout out to your wife yeah, i appreciate it i appreciate it guys. I like to make her, you know, she actually doesn't, doesn't use social media, but so I tell her in person, you know, how much yeah. I appreciate it. But I like, to, I like to, you know, I, I like to, to show people as well that is how much she helps me. Um, really, really thankful for her and, and her family. Um, her family have really like accepted me as one of their own, almost like she's got a quite a large family all in the Boston, greater Boston area. Yeah. Uh, I felt very included in that family since I moved here a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm really grateful, grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for a bunch of stuff. Uh, my health. I'm grateful that I am able-bodied and I was, I was born healthy and I am able to do a sport, you know, especially bodybuilding. Like there's a lot of people, you know, I'm able to go to the gym every day and I'm able to, you know, exercise and walk and do cardio. For a lot of people, that's just not an option. They just, you know, they, they, you know, there's so many people, you know, with, dis- with disabilities or whatnot or, who just live and sit in places where there are no gyms. There's, there's countries that are, you know, there's war or there's famine or disasters. And so just going to the gym and working out is just the last thing on their mind, you know. So I'm grateful that I live in a place that I can wake up and be safe and secure and I can go to the gym and I don't have to worry about, you know, war or famine or natural disasters for the most part. Up in New England, we don't really have any of the natural disasters that other parts of this country get. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful for being uh, financially able, I guess it ties into the, the last point, but being able to, living in a part of the world where we can worry about these things. Um, for a lot of people, like I can weigh up my food, I can decide this meal I'm having 200 grams of rice and I'm going to have 150 grams of chicken and veg, whatever it is, and I can decide it based on my body goals. I can choose what I eat based on what I want my body to look like for so many millions, if not billions of people around the world, they eat what they can get their hands on. They eat when it's, when they're able to, you know, cause they live, they live, they live in places where you can't just decide, Oh, I want to have chicken today. You know, it's they, they eat kind of what's, what's available and they, they don't have time or, um, to worry about, you know, something kind of superficial as a physique goal. So I'm grateful that I, you know, live in a, a country where we were able to do that, where I've got the financial, um, the tools financially to be able to choose what I eat and when I eat it. Yeah. 
That's the third thing I'm grateful for. That's dope. And a bunch of other stuff. But you asked me three. Yeah. But I'm grateful for so many things. All my friends and family, all the people in my circle, um, a lot of people in my corner supporting me. So I'm grateful for all those things. Nice. Nice. And now my last question is, how can, what's your advice for someone out there, same story, you know, wants to go into this bodybuilding field, but just kind of like where you are right now, you know, let, let's say, what's your advice for a 20 years old you? Like if you could go back and advise a 20 years old you, you know, or 18 years old you, what would you tell them? Be consistent. Um, have fun with it. Don't be, don't live in a box. Like, so that was actually a young guy I was talking to recently, you know, he's just a, he's a freshman in college and I was talking, he's getting, getting into bodybuilding. And I talked about my experience and I said, the first two years of college, I partied. I, I didn't really, I went to the gym, sure, but like I was partying and I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I kind of got that out of my system, had that experience. Yeah. It was only with like 22-ish or 21, 22. And after being in college for a few years, I decided to calm it down a bit and then get into more serious about bodybuilding and training. But I said to him, you know, relax, you know, have, have, don't, don't, uh, if your friends are going out to the movies and getting pizza on a Saturday night, but you don't want to go because you want to eat chicken and rice at home. If that truly make, if that what makes you happy, sure, do whatever makes you happy. But if you really want to go, like, you know, li yeah, live your life as well at the same time. You can do both. I, th I truly think you can do both, you know, uh, bodybuilding and life. I do. I have a lot of non-bodybuilding friends and commitments and stuff and events that I partake in. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on that's not bodybuilding for me. Um, so I think you can definitely balance it. That'd be my advice. And then be consistent with it. And just one foot in front of the other. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it takes a long time to develop your physique and I would just be con consistent with it, you know, over, over time, you know, get your meals in, go to the gym, um, train hard. That's, that, that'd be my advice to a younger version of myself. Um, train smart as well. The, young, my, the younger me didn't really understand like exercise mechanics or form and yeah. being like 18, 19, my, my joints didn't hurt if I didn't exercise wrong. I could do it. I could do an exercise of terrible form and my joints wouldn't hurt. It was only after a year or two, I would start to notice, oh, I'm actually hurting myself doing this. So then I had to kind of relearn a lot of, a lot of movements um, and kind of de-injure myself and let, let myself heal and um, and then go back at it, knowing proper exercise form. So I would another piece of advice to someone getting into bodybuilding, don't even worry about the weights, um, master form and execution mm -hmm. first, and that'll benefit you so much more. And particularly as a beginner, getting into the sport, you don't even need to lift a ton, a ton of weight. Yeah. Uh, you don't need that much stimulus to actually start growing your muscle. A little bit of stimulus, when your, but when your muscles aren't used to stimulus, is still going to cause a good risk, elicit a good response. Yeah. So yeah, form is everything, particularly when you're younger and you're just getting into it and you're learning these exercises, learning with good form and like have that form like drilled in like muscle memory. And then you'll have that, have that for life. That's dope. That's dope. So how can people, you know, reach out to you, you know, someone listen to this podcast and, you know, they want to yes. reach out to you. How can people reach out to you, bro? Well, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is kind of long. I just made it one day and I thought it was funny. Just trying it's, to get swell. <laughs> it's just trying to get swell because that's just my goal. I'm just trying to get swell. And it's just trying to like, trying to T-R-Y-N-N-A, get swell. If you type in my name, Kai McGrath, that might, you might find it there as well. Mm -hmm. If you check yourself out, um, we follow each other, so if someone types in Kai there, they'll find me. But yeah, just trying to get swell. Um, and that's my Instagram. I do. It's I sh it's a, not exactly just bodybuilding. Recently, because I had these competitions, it's been very bodybuilding centered. I've got a ton of pictures to share and a bunch of things to do with it. But um, it's also my personal one, so I do share like personal stuff, which a lot of people find interesting. A lot of people are very interested 
to see how I balance work and family and bodybuilding and just the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, it's not just the stage photos, it's, it's what do I do in the background to get to the stage. So it's a bit of that too. Um, but a shout out to a couple of people, my coach, Connor Small, um, yep. he's prepped me for all my, uh, all my bodybuilding shows. Then Colin Brannigan, who I worked with as my posing coach in the most recent season, um, he really helped me improve my posing. Animal look after all my supplements, or the one was Animal or Animal Pack. The pack was their original, original supplement they launched in the eighties. Um, Nutri Meals, which are a Massachusetts-based meal prep company. Nutri Meals look after a ton of my meals. They're great. They're really, really useful. Um, I've got discount codes for all these companies. If, you, if anyone wants to check them out, um, they're they're in my bio on Instagram. They give you a little bit of a discount. And then lastly. Can you, say the, can you say the code too here, so you know they can use it? Oh well. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so the last one is Zen World. They're Zen Zen Hemp. They're a company based in Nevada. They do all my CBD and hemp oil recovery supplements. I've been using CBD for quite a while, particularly in prep. I think it's really really good. It helps my, my mood, my sleep, digestion, joint pain, things like that. But my code for Nutri Meals and Zen World Hemp is both Kai. It's just my first name, K A I. Yeah. And then for animal, it's 10 Kai M. Number 10, because it gets you 10% off. Yep. Kai, my first name, and then M, first letter, my last name. And then for Nutri Meals, it's just Kai, K A I, same with a Zen. Um, so yeah, those are the three, three sponsors, three sponsors and affiliate companies I currently work with. Really happy with all three brands. They're both aligned with my own personal values quite closely. Uh, none of them are, would be companies that I would, I'd be promoting if I didn't truly see value in their products yeah wow thank you so much guy for Good man. coming on the podcast i still this is just an intro to you i still want to sit with you and you know let's let's have some more conversation about the fitness world and you know like still put some more content out there for you know listeners you know so let's do it and we'll uh we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a training session in sometime hey gladly 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 come to your gym because I, I need a break from my gym <laughs> yeah i feel you so i'll come Okay, thank you, Jim. Yeah, yo, you too, man. Say hi to your wife and your family for me. Uh, Yes, sir. sir. Be blessed.